Join us as we unearth the Amiga classic Moonstone, a hard day's night, and dive into its brutal mythical world. Plus, stay tuned for the latest Amiga news, community events, and much more in our action-packed weekly roundup. Don't miss out on this nostalgic and expensive adventure on Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Moonstone. Mm. You know, Moonstone, it's your classic knights versus druids game. Well, you're sort of like working for the I druids. I guess you're working for the druids. Could you see yourself being a druid? No. Well, I mean, what does that mean exactly, right? I mean, like, what do you, druids are like, they're like religious people, but it's a real, it's some sort of like cult or whatever. Right. So, yes. In that area, sure, I could because I mean they have cool cloaks. Right. They usually have the daggers that are kind of squiggly, based of poison. I'm on reminded there. of your sleeping tunic. The tunic is like mm-hmm. is cloak like. I have dabbled in the mystic arts, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I have a, a cult library. The, the cool thing about druid druidry, I believe, is the the correct term is you yeah. can. It's a lot like witchcraft. You can kind of make it whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And nobody can tell you you're wrong. Yeah. So if you want to just like you know hobble around in the woods dressed in your sleeping tunic and every once in a while approach a standing stone, you can say you're a druid. On the other hand, if you want to do a little bit of the old human sacrifice, who can say that's wrong because you're a druid? True, it's because it's part of my religion. Right. I will say, when I lived up on Mud Mountain, I didn't consider it druidry at the time, but there was many a night where I cavorted in the woods in the sleeping tunic mm-hmm. uh, with nature. Yeah, you know, because you know. Maybe the toilet was broke or something. I'd be out there. Yeah. You know, or did I dropped something over the porch. How far into the woods did you explore in the environs of Mud Mountain? I'd say I'd been through all the woods. Really? Yeah. Uh, but it's a rock. At the Mud Mountains, it's rocky terrain up there, mm. you know. And also, there's a lot of gangbangers up there. So <laughs> it wasn't odd. That's something you didn't get much in the, in the Druid in the Druid Legends of Old. You know, I told you the one time I came out, I used to drive a Dodge Caravan. Mm-hmm. I remember that, because yeah. Much like many druids, I was a little low on funds. The tithing was down. And I walked out one time, and some local thugs were start trying to steal my hood ornament. And I looked at them, I'm like, you're trying to steal the hood ornament of a Dodge Caravan. You have hit rock bottom what's, as a it's thug. What's the aftermarket value? It can't be high. <laughs> on, a, on a Chrysler. And, and the thing is, I went out to run them off, and they didn't run off. They just casually left. Except for this one guy. I'm like, you realize that if you wore that on a necklace, you'd look like the biggest dork on earth. He's like, oh, I don't know what that is. I didn't know what Dodge was. No. You know, can you imagine taking some off a minivan? That's, Boy, thugs have fought a long way since the 50s. That's for sure. Now, were you? was this when you used to park down at the bottom of the mountain? No, this is at the top. They climbed all the way up. They're like, listen, What's man. Like they don't need ropes. I drove a Dodge <laughs> caravan up there. So clearly but I mean, it can be they, done. It seems like a trip you would make on purpose. Like they're like, listen, Saturday night, it's going down. We're hitting the Dodge caravan. You know, the, the weird thing about living up there is that you never knew if there was a deer or a, a coyote mm-hmm. or something frolicking in the woods, or there was a meth head lay, rolling around in, 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 the, in the throes of anguish or happiness out in the, in the near the woods. You never know. That's Charleston for you. That's you know? right. That's right. So, you know, in closing. <laughs> I, got, you know, I also had a big sword up there. Yeah, well, you know, same thing. You could be sort of a druid. You could dual like a, class. I got a cleric. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's 
Listen, did you ever have any shields? Because everybody's got a sword. You know, I never had a shield. I did have a, uh, I had a trash can lid one time. This was on the mountain. And we cut holes in it and put like a gimmick through it so mm-hmm. you can hold it like this. I thought you were going to like make the armholes and you get in the trash can. <laughs> You'd look like a real tool if you did that, wouldn't you? Here comes the trash knight. You know? That'd be a great wrestling game. The trash knight? Yeah. Why? I guess you couldn't be pinned because they couldn't roll you over on your back. That's right. And you've got a gimmick built in. You don't have to go for the trash can. You are the trash can. <laughs> just way you just ram yourself into people. Yeah. The problem is you're in the can, you <laughs> see. Well, then, you, I mean. Also, this trash can's crumple and then you die. So this ass. I'm not saying there's it. no downsides. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Aaron, let's talk about Moonstone. Oh, man, boat. It's Moonstone, man. Yeah, it is. Now, we covered this one, I think. It was back in episode 31 or 34. It's, one, it's early. Mm-hmm. It's funny to go back and listen. It's, sometimes it's not that funny. <laughs> I'll think about it. Because <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. But I always like to, when we do these like retrospectives or re- second looks or whatever, I like to go back and hear what young... Up and coming boat nerd had to say mm-hmm. about the game and, and our opinions. I'll get more to that later, but I did listen to it this week. So, uh, this was a game released in '91, uh, and it was published by Mindscape. You know, of all people, this thing had three discs and support up to two simultaneous players, but you could have four people play it, which is probably the optimum way to go uh, because it'd be more fun that way. And this one is an interesting one, Boat. The, the t- this was sort of the brainchild of a couple dudes, uh, Rob Anderson and Kevin Hoer. So these guys both did stuff that we actually like, right? I'll give you a few. They both worked on Technocop. You know, we've talked about that game for years, but we still have not I, covered it I on thought the show. we covered Technocop. Did we never cover it? Uh, Technocop's a game I always had a kick out of. Rob Anderson worked on Fiendish Freddy's Big Top, mm-hmm. which we both yep. enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that video won't die. I see it all the time. And I'm like, it's always surging back to the top. Uh, and they both worked on a game called Ultimate Ride, which I've never heard I of. That, I think that's a driving game. Uh, or motors. I assume it is. Maybe well, they're riding a horse. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, uh, uh, they also, uh, Rob Anderson also was part of the graphics team. He had three or four people working on this. Uh, and the music was done by the legendary Richard Joseph Boat, who worked mm-hmm. on Cannon Fodder, the James Ponds, Chaos Engine, sensible, lots of sensible stuff. Tons of stuff. Barbarian. Uh, and so uh, this game is a funny game, the way it came out. So let's just get into a little bit of how this game was released. This game, it took a couple years to work on it. They thought it would come together quicker, uh, but it took them a while. And I found a couple of interviews online with the two designers of this game. And when they put this together, guess what? They were they were playing a lot of D and D. Stunning. Makes sense. And it's funny because if you if you play the game, one of the cities in this is called Waterdeep. I mean, there's no they don't hide the mm. fact that there's a lot of D and D influence in this. They were also playing a lot of a game called Dark Tower. That's why I'm looking up somewhere up on my shelf there. I've got the Tower from Dark Tower, which is a great board game. Have you ever played that no. one? Have you heard of I've it? I've heard of it. You guys covered it on ARG. We did. It's a it, that's a good place to, if you want to find out about it. But it's a it's a board. It, the game is a round board with a tower in the middle, and the board is split into four parts. Sound familiar? It's very similar to the map system mm-hmm. in this game. And you each and it's four players. 
uh, and you try to get keys to unlock the center of the map, which is exactly what you do in this game. So they they lovingly borrowed quite a bit from Dark Tower. <laughs> what an homage. This thing, by the way, came in this huge box, and it was pricey. How we ended up with this, I'll never know. It's supposed to be like the only Christmas we got one year. Maybe it was a double gift or something. But we ended up getting it. It was a fun game. The problem with Dark Tower is it has 18 billion little pieces. Need I they, say they more? They get lost easily. Yeah. So, uh, again, they were into D&D and stuff when they made this. And they were also into like a lot of uh, 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 sword play movies. Your, uh, your Conan, mm-hmm. stuff like that. A lot of the uh, audio samples in this game, they just took off their VCR... Include and they said the number one culprit. They took a ton of these things off Red Sonya. If you ever saw that, it's the it's a uh, uh, Brigitte Nielsen sword. It based on a comic. What's Brigitte? You never heard of her? Oh, it's a person. Yeah, that's a weird name. Uh, you ever seen Rocky Four yeah. with the Russian? Yeah, that was his wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she played Red Sonya and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger did it too. It was supposed to be Conan-ish, mm-hmm. but. You know how that goes. There was some licensing, some blah, blah, blah. So basically, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays like unnamed, it's like Bowman. You know, it's like, and, and, and Brigitte Nielsen is the is the killer redhead, you know, sore woman. They, they horked a lot of audio from this, <clears throat> according to the producers of the game. Um, they, of course, uh, weren't involved in some of the decisions. Like, for example, uh, Mindscape brought in Richard Joseph to do the audio. Good choice, mm-hmm. by the way. And both yep. the dudes are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this was great. Uh, so one of the things they wanted to do, if you've ever played Fiendish Freddy, it's funny comparing the two, but they're uh, they're they're really comparable. And one of the ways they're comparable is Fiendish Freddy was another game that had really nice, like, beautiful, colorful graphics. They were very articulate and animated, and funny things happened mm-hmm. when you, like, screwed up, you know, in some ways. I mean, it's funny in this game when you screw up, but it's not really ha-ha funny because you get slaughtered. And what they wanted to do, the goal of the game, they said, was to make it so when you you died in this, it would be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Sort of like uh, Dragon's Lane, you know. So that was their plan. So what they did was they took deluxe paint, stunning, right, and they made 18 cabillion sketches, and they literally were just digitizing stuff in. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's tons and tons of art in this, Plus, tons that didn't even get used. So, like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's still, you know, presumably sitting in a notebook somewhere because these guys talk about having tons and tons of extra stuff. Over a thousand drawings were done for this, according to the guys. So, uh, when this came out, when they they were trying to see what they're going to do with this mindscape, was shopping it around, and this is sort of a, a well-told tale for this game. But it's, it's incredibly violent. And we'll get to the blow-by-blows of it. But what happened was, they were like, okay, here's our game. Mindscape was like, this looks good. Let's check this out. So they sh- they showed the states, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, even I didn't... I, this seems crazy to me, but maybe you'll know. And you could comment on this. Uh, Toys R Us was like a huge player in software. And I have a vague recollection of them having software. But I mean, like, games, like console game stuff, but I don't remember them carrying a ton of software. Do you oh, remember this? Well, I don't because I'm I'm young. Well, but I've seen pictures of Toys R Us displays from yeah. the early 80s where they covered Atari computers. Yeah. And it's like an Atari gaming wonderland. Really? Yeah. They had tons and tons of stuff. Now, by the time I came along, Barbersville Toys R Us, it was all console. It was all NES and stuff like that. I never remember seeing computer stuff there, but 
Maybe it was regional differences. Right, yeah. yeah. And we only really had the one Toys R Us around for a mm-hmm. long time, and right. I didn't go in there that much. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Toys R Us took a look at this and were like, hell no, we're not selling that. And so Mindscape was like, hey, it is kind of violent. Mm-hmm. And they're like, listen, we've got a thing in there that you can turn the violence off. And they're like, that's not going to do it. Right. So they were like, you know what we're going to do? We're just not going to release this in, in the U.S. market. Interesting. So they didn't, So this well, was, this it's was kind, out. It's kind of interesting because Mindscape, they originally started as an edutainment company. So really? they really pivoted here. They did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they started out. And, of course, later on, they're like, listen, if we do some other stuff, we can get some more money. Yeah. And so then they, they, they released Deja Vu, Shadowgate, Captain Blood. So, but... Maybe it's just kind of it's kind of odd that they would choose this particular publisher to bring this game out. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it is strange, but so they were like, okay, the U.S. is out. What do we got? We're going to release this thing in Europe. Well, Germany was like, no, and we're not buying it. And they had their you know the list of banned games, mm-hmm. so this got added to the list. Now, if you nose around online. Most of the sources say this is still on the list and still being. I don't know if that's true because I remember they were starting to peel some of that crap off a couple of years ago. You yeah, know. there's one thing that I read. I was reading one of the review, one of the magazine reviews, yeah. and they were talking about how gruesome the game was. And and I've never read this about an Amiga game before, so maybe yeah. somebody can comment on YouTube what this means. It says it's so gruesome that Mindscape has given the game a voluntary twelve certificate. I don't know what a voluntary twelve certificate is. If that was like an early rating system. Because we've we've reviewed tons of Amiga games before, and I've never heard about any sort of a rating system come out. Yeah, I don't know. You got me on that mm. one. Um, so anyway, this game didn't sell that well. I guess is the bottom line because it, it wasn't released hardly anywhere. I didn't realize this either. Uh, at the time in Europe, Germany was a bigger consumer of Amiga software than any other country. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I mean, I knew there well, were you look, you look at the you look at the Amiga scene and the conventions they still have and they're always the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah. So, so it makes sense yeah. now. So, with all that said, uh, they, this game did get released in Europe, uh, which is why, it, well, that's one of the reasons it fetches up a, such a hefty uh, fee now on the, on the the when you try to buy one. Mm-hmm. With all that said, Boat, why don't you go over the, the fine premise? How does this game work? Okay, so... You play as a knight, and you have been tasked by the druids to uh, get. I believe that there are uh, four. Are there s- four moonstones? And what you have to do is you have to locate the moonstones. You have to the keys. Br- are the there keys? keys? Yeah. Okay. You you have to collect the keys. You have to go to Stonehenge, the middle of the place, and then if the moon is right, then you can unlock the power of the moonstones. Yeah, that's or, more. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Here's the the. The funny thing about this game is, and again, this is from this is much like Dark Tower, uh, is that uh, each so there are keys scattered across the map, and, and when you go to raid different areas, you may find a key. Okay, but the funny thing is, uh, since other knights are in play, plus other things like a dragon, you may go around and not find any key because either another knight or the dragon has the key, and without all the keys. You're pretty much bummed. Right, right. Yeah. And so you, there's there's six layers. Each layer has a or you know each layer has a key. No, I'm sorry. There's six layers in each section. Yeah. One in inside one of those layers, there's a key. You get all four keys. You enter the Valley of the Gods, and then you have to defeat the Guardian to get the Moonstone. Yeah. Okay. Then of course you've you, and 
how do you, you go into this? Well, this game plays out. You've got an overworld system where you're represented by the head of your knight. And you have a set uh, number of pixels you can move per turn, you know. And so you are, in this game, there's basically two phases. You're either moving on the map or you are doing battle in a combat arena. Now, yeah. there's also your your light RPG elements in this game where yeah. you can visit uh, you can visit towns, you can go and you can gamble your money, you can buy potions, you can upgrade your weapons and armor, you can go see a healer, uh, or you can go to the the Deminator and and get your future. Uh, so you you have elements of role playing again. The the D and D element is strong with this, but ninety percent of the time in this game, you're either moving around the map or you're doing battle with any number of enemy combatants. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Well said, Boat. Now, the neat thing is, uh, within the four quadrants of the game, like Boat said, you got a couple cities that are on that are uh, on in two of the quadrants, and but different quadrants sort of will have uh, uh, species that are more prominent there. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't mean you won't see them anywhere else, but they're you're most like for example, rat men might be in one spot or. Or trolls might be in one spot for the most part, and so you can be sort of be sure that there's going to be coming up or mud, the mud creatures or whatever. And so it gives you because when you start a combat in this game, you better be on your toes mm-hmm. because uh, when it starts, you could you could be killed in four seconds and you could be dead. Yeah, and we should talk a little bit about the combat. The combat yeah. is basically a ripoff of Barbarian. It is. And um, it's funny because these guys both love Barbarian. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. I mean, yeah. you, you take what you like and you make it your own. So you are able to move around uh, both laterally and uh, vertically in this in, in, in these arenas. They're like little mini arenas. And uh, you have a wide variety of moves that you can perform with your sword. So in this game, you're, you're a knight. You've got a sword. If you don't like it, play another game because that's the only weapon you've got. You also have some daggers you can throw. Uh, and what makes this game interesting is, uh, well, at least from a combat perspective, is that one, just like you said, there's a wide variety of enemies that mm-hmm. appear depending on what geographical location you're in. And two, you really have full con- uh, control over your sword. Yeah. Uh, you can do pretty much any kind of swipe, parry, or blow you can think of. Yeah. The uh, the combat is, is pretty well done for a one-button joystick. Mm-hmm. What you've got all the directions of the joystick, including the diagonals for the button. So the things you can do. Plus, you've also got the space bar, which comes into play. So you've got uh, like a diagonal back will throw your knife, and then the different the cardinal direction will do different strikes: a lunging strike, like a stabbing strike, a behind the back strike type thing. Then you've also got a a dodge, a block, Uh, and these all come in handy. For different creatures, you're going to need some of these uh, depending on what you're fighting. I mean, yes, there are, you can't, don't necessarily have to kill a creature with a certain sword blow, but some will make you easier. For example, the long lunging strike is great for distance, guys mm. that have long distance weapons. Stuff that comes right up on you, you can use the short stuff. Uh, so they come in handy. Uh, this When you when you use a space bar, you're effectively you're activating a, like one of your magical you know potions mm. or scrolls or whatever. So there is that the aspect where you have to get on the keyboard to do some right. of this. So in addition to fighting monsters, you also sometimes have to contend with your fellow knights because Moonstone is a multiplayer game. Whether you're playing it solo or not, yeah. you're up against three other knights. 
and they are moving uh, around the map, collecting things, and eventually they're going to move up to you, and they're going to try and destroy you. Right. Uh, the fun thing about this is the multiplayer, I mean, deals can still be made if you want to. You know, you could be like, listen, we, we're us both go over and crush this one mm-hmm. guy. But, I mean, much like most games like that, there's going to be a reckoning at some point where you fight, where you end up going after each other. Right. And then once that happens, this is the point where you can, for example, if you're one of your opponents got a key, you may want to go hunt him down, kill him, and get that key. For, it's, a, it's like a freebie. Mm-hmm. You have to kill any of the monsters if, you, if you're good at this. There's also, when you start this game, there's actually a practice mode. It's a pretty lame practice mode, but it, it does give you the ability... Sort of like barbarian to just have a one-on-one combat with yeah. a, with a guy. It's not so the worst way to get familiar with the that, controls. That's exactly right. But there, is, as far as I could tell, there was no way to fight a computer opponent. You had to fight another human. Mm. So that takes away some of the fun of it. And also, there's no way to just go out and fight just bad guys over there, which would have been a lot of fun. Mm. You can't do that either. So that's one thing I would have liked to have seen, a little more enhancement in the area of just like... Because one thing, if you're a big fan of barbarian... Even in Barbarian, I mean, I don't. Uh, you could fight the computer in certain versions of it, and it would be it would be kind of a fun thing to have all the monsters represented just to just to have some quick yeah. time because this isn't a quick game. Right. It's not like Mortal Kombat or something where you're gonna sit down and play a game like three or four minutes. No. This is a game where you set aside an hour or two mm-hmm. if you've got the jack. Right. You know, to to go through it. So that would have been something nice. The uh, the towns themselves, uh, you can. I mean, like Bo mentioned, there's different stuff in them. So, what is the real benefit of going to a town? Healing, uh, buying you know magical weapons. Uh, you can gamble uh, for money. I, you know, I've never had any luck in this game gambling. Have you? Well, it's any- all like gambling in real life. <laughs> the house always wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I've never had a whole lot of luck doing that. In the gold, like this game, you really have to. At least for me, I'm not. I'm not a skilled player at this game, but I played this a lot, and I like this game. Oh yeah. But the gold is uh, slow in coming in this game, and you really feel like you have to fight for it. And uh, I don't like. It's a lot like gambling in real life. I don't like to throw the gold that I've gotten away. I'd rather use it now. I'll tell you what's cool. This game operates on a day cycle. Okay, so every time every player takes a turn. It goes to the next day, okay? And the game tells you it's the next day. Yeah. You will regain your hit points. I believe that you you regain seven hit points per turn. It's pretty generous. Yeah. And so if you if once you fight a monster, it's not as if you're screwed immediately. You can either just kill time and hope that, like, the other knights don't come up on you, or you can go buy a healing potion. You can pay a healer. I wish they were a little bit more upfront about how it works because the healer's like, give me some money and I'll give you something good. Well, you can give him like three or four gold and he's like, here's some herbs, you know, and then it gives you, basically, I wish they would be upfront with like, if you give me this, I'll give you this. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's cool is that when you do lose a life, you can actually regain your lives in this game. Did you know about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go back to your home, your home base, which is where you start the game in your quadrant, there's a little invisible outlined section where you can go to, and if you just hang out there, you will regain your lives. I think you get up to three. Right, and so you can you can technically play this game forever uh, until you beat it, and a lot of the reviews talk about how easy it is because of that, but for me, I love that because I can make some progress and not always feel like I was starting from scratch. Well, th- this game's actually cl- clever in a lot of ways, because there are, aside from just the stuff we've talked about, uh, you can go kill time doing other stuff, which mm-hmm. we mentioned, but... The, the sacrifice you make, for example, if you go all the way back to your home village and you're across the map to get more men, 
uh, you've got to sit there for at least one day, if not three, plus the time it takes to get there. And, and all the time that you're traveling over there, your opponents are out fighting, gathering right. resources and whatnot. Something else that can come upon you, even when you're going back to your home bases, there are black knights that roam the map. There's also a, eventually a dragon that starts mm-hmm. flying around the map. And if the dragon comes upon you, you've got to throw down with the dragon. Now, there's a cute trick to beat the dragon, which I tried this this week, and the cute trick I couldn't get to work, but everyone else apparently can, that you can allegedly beat the dragon real easy. Mm. But for your average schmo, the last thing you want is the dragon to come right. down top and there's of no you. way to flee these battles. No. That's, a, that's a big flaw in this game. Uh, I would appreciate the ability to at least roll the dice, the metaphorical dice, and yeah. see if you can get out of these battles, because a lot of times it's just bad luck. You know, you, you somebody comes up on you or the dragon just happens to fly over and you hit the button accidentally. Um, I would appreciate the ability to at least attempt to run away from some of these. It's the coward fact. That's I don't right. know if a dragon came up on me, I would just run. Yeah. But, I mean, you're probably boned. He can fly. I just so. lay down and die. We should mention, we haven't got right got into the stuff you fight. So, when you go to these various crypts and, and areas and ruins where, you, that, where the key might be, you're going to come across some crazy stuff. Just to, I'm going to go over some of the monsters. You gain three hit points back per day, not seven. There you so. go. So, for one thing, you've got trogs. These are trogs are these uh, uh, guys that have hammers and axes and spears. They sang wild things, Yeah, too. they did. Hey, they're good stuff, too. Ratman and Robin. Uh, Ratman are these... Uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, I think. <laughs> Tell us more about the rat. Man. Now, Mudman. These guys are... I want to give a shout-out to a... A great part of this game, okay? And we've all been there. When you first start playing, or even if you're experienced, when you come upon an area that's muddy, and, you, and you're like, okay, this could be the mud man. These things are these weird, disgusting creatures that just come out of the ground. They, they literally rise from... And if the, you... if They they can come out of the ground and just grab you and just pull you mm-hmm. under. And that's it. It's but over. when they do it, there's an old-school, old-time radio organ strike. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. And it's so perfect. Yeah, it's very the cool. The noise... And then even once the mudmen are up, if you get in their way, they can shoot these like vines mm-hmm. off of them, and they can grab you and suck you in and take you down. They're very nasty, the mudmen, uh, but they're very cool. We mentioned the dragon. Uh, then you've got the balox. These are I'm going to read from the manual here. Vicious humanoids with huge jaws, long teeth, and powerful limbs. Mm. Then you've got the trolls. The trolls are nasty, big, freaky-looking tall guys with clubs. They've got a lot of distance on you. There are there are, guys in this game can smash you. They can jump on you. They can eat your head. They can drag you down below. They can they can cut you in half. Mm-hmm. Cut your head off. There's every time you die. It's very seldom is it pretty. That's for darn sure. And even when you're fighting each other, once you've battered the other knight, he'll drop to his knees and let you uh, deliver the shot mm-hmm. that will chop his head the coup de gras. off. Yeah. If you chop the, your opponent's head off, besides the fact that you kill his guy, you, you, then you go in there and take his stuff too. Jerk move. So there's tons of nasty stuff in this, not counting the end, the super duper end boss. I don't know if you saw that no, freak. No, I didn't get close. Yeah, to the super so duper end there's boss. some there's some great monsters in this. The fellows that I, that I read the interview for said that one of the things they wanted to do, they spread out of time, was they wanted to have more monsters, they even have more role playing elements. They you know they ran out of time. Well, they, I really feel like the elements that they have are good. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more statistics around the weapons and the armor because. You know that the, the the claymore is going to be better than the regular sword, but you don't know yeah. how much better. And it's hard to make purchasing decisions when you don't know how much of an upgrade you're getting. Right. 
Um, we mentioned that you could pick up, you could augment yourself with Magic Boat. Did you do that often, by the way, when you played? No, you? I never augment. I, I picked up a, I killed a knight one time, and I picked up the Potion of the Hawk, yeah. and then I forgot to use it, and I died. So just to go over a few things you could pick up, Potion of Healing, self-explanatory. The Gem of Seeing is interesting because it lets you look and see what's in a place before you go oh, there. Oh, that is handy. So that one's nice. Uh, the Sword of Sharpness, it's just like a super-duper sword, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, then you've got the Rig of Protection, self-explanatory. This one I never saw, Talisman of the Worm. Never this saw this that makes either. dragons half as effective with their attacks. You know, but still, I'm not sure that would help me. Maybe it was Scroll of Haste that I got, not Scroll yeah, of the Hawk. Scroll of I prefer Scroll of the Hawk. Scroll of the Hawk sounds awesome. I was just, I've never heard of that. What That one makes you fly. <laughs> that gives you Beast, beast Master-like powers. Yeah. Please don't... <laughs> Don't bring that back up, for God's sakes. Uh, scroll of Haste, duh, you can move twice as far. Now, this, this is a good one. Scroll of Acquisition. There it is! There it is! Scroll oh, wow, of it is scroll I wasn't of hallucinating. Let's see what it does. It allows you to move to any location into four territories except for the Valley of the Gods. So it's a teleport spell. Oh, I like it. Pretty Should good, boat. So anyway, there's lots of scrolls on this thing. You know, and of course, the, the Moonstone as well, when you get that, you can you move to the center. And like you said, with the phases of the moon... We should also mention that, I don't know if you mentioned this, but as the moon phases go, uh, the fuller the moon, the more the more uh, damage, the more deadly your opponents are. So you've got to be now, careful. Now, how do you know the, where, the fa where the moon, what phase the moon is At the end of the turn, at the, when you start to turn, it shows it on the screen. <sighs> See, I never noticed that. Now, I tried, I searched all, you know, I didn't look at the docs, I probably should have. But I, did, I looked around and I was like, where is the freaking moon phase? I didn't even think about, like, the next day, you know, time passes. Yeah. That's where the moon is. It's freaking right there in front it's of you. It's funny, when we reviewed this but way, way back, mm -hmm. we never mentioned the phase. Of the, I don't really think we touched the phase of the moon. And I'm not sure I knew about that until more, until in the last few years. Mm -hmm. We actually played this at uh, what was it, Amigathon that we played yeah, this? Yeah. And I was I was kicking it back. Mm -hmm. And so this week I had tons more success than I've had. The oh past. yeah, this is the best time around that I've played. You know, it. Now, so I felt pretty good about this go around. You know, I was reading some reviews of this game, and they were talking about the one of the big problems they have with because these guys they powered through it. I guess these reviewers they play so many games, everything's easy to them. Yeah. But they were talking about one of the big headaches of this game is even after you even after you collect all of the keys. You can't move into the Valley of the Gods and get the Moonstone unless the moon is in the proper phase. Right. So then you're just waiting around, and it's more time for the other knights to gang up on you and destroy you. But that's part of the fun. Yeah. And it's also, that's what would make this a, a, a four humans place would be more fun. Although the now, computer does a good job. I'll tell you the worst part about this game is, the, the, the worst part of the multiplayer game is the fact that this is a four-person game. Two people can play at once, but... Yeah. You have to use one stick to move around, okay? And what happens is when you're, you say you're, you're, you want to move south, so you move south. Well, your guy runs out of action points. It immediately switches to the next player, and he starts moving south. You're wasting his points, even if you're not trying to screw yeah, your buddy. That happened to yeah. us a few times yeah. when we played this with multiplayer. Mm -hmm. There are some elements, but you can tell when they. It's funny because I don't think people look at this like I look at this all like Dark Tower now. And Dark Tower is a board game, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of what they had in mind yeah, here. So yeah. Almost like an Archon or something. Mm -hmm. But there were there were a few things they, they could have done better. What you mentioned is one. Another thing they could have done, this seems obvious, there's no save feature in this game. And these games could go on for a while. So even if you're playing by yourself, that's when you'd really want to be able to save the game. Mm -hmm. And that was, an, that was an oversight. They mentioned that when they were interviewed. They also mentioned, and I noticed this a few times, but this game's buggy. You can get caught in these weird things where you can't defend yourself and you just get killed. 
And the uh, one of the co-creators, they were like, yeah, which basically, we I thought we caught all the bugs, we just ran out of time. It's the old, yeah. it's the same old, same old. It's funny you should mention the review. Did you read into a lot of the reviews for this? Yeah, yeah, this game, is. it was a mixed bag. It really, I was, mm-hmm. when I looked over the reviews for this thing, so you think to yourself, I mean, because we were, listen, let's, Let's dot the I's and cross the T's here. Graphically, this game's near the top. Yeah. It looks great. Mm-hmm. The animation's great. Mm-hmm. The death scene's great. Musically, excellent. There's they, a lot of variety in the backgrounds. You got yeah. your swamps, your forests. Yeah, they put in a lot of nice touches mm-hmm. that I like. They did stuff they didn't have to do. The overland map is nice. Mm-hmm. The monsters are nice. Yeah. They're varied. Should there be more? Would that be nice? Yes. But again, given the situation, it's pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you would think to yourself, well, heck, this game must have killed it, All right? Well, no, it's really, it's sort of like Boat said, it's a mixed bag. I want, I looked over the reviews on Lemon. Now, Lemon gives an 8.65. They're all for it. Mm-hmm. But the reviews from back in the day, and I eliminated any re-reviews because, you know, that was dumb. So Amiga Action gave this a 90. They were the only ones that gave this anything a 90 or above. You've got uh, an 89 for Amiga Computing. Amiga Force gave this an 80. Amiga Format gave this a 59. Amiga Joker, a 54. Uh, Amiga Power, a 73. These scores are stunning to me, mm. both. The one gives an 82. Well, I've got, I've got a theory. Yeah. Okay, this game came out in 1991. Right. This is the worst possible timing. to come. You didn't want to release in 91, because guess what else came out in 91? Lemmings, Monkey Island 2, Another World, Speedball 2, Turrican 2, James Pond 2, Alien Breed. These are the heaviest of the heavy hitters. Well, it, it was it was uh, when you're putting this game up against those. I mean, it's not it's not it's not Lemmings. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, but I mean, I think it sets. I think it would set quite nicely with a lot of those games. If I'm honest, uh, but I mean, yeah, you're right. That is a death row. You know, a lot of people don't realize that this boat also got ported over to the PC. Uh, if you can believe it, PC version. I haven't played it, but I had a look at it, and it looks. Pretty similar. It doesn't sound as good as you can imagine. Uh, I heard now the fellows that made the game mentioned that they did not do the port. Um, uh, they Mindscape hired some people to port the game. So your mileage may vary on that, but since we have an Amiga, we never have to care. But it is on DOS. You know, it's it's funny. I wonder if the prices for the DOS version of this game approach the prices for well, the Amiga version. I looked. Mm-hmm. With that exact same, because I thought to myself, hey, maybe I can sneak in the right. back door here. Right. No one will know what's on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't find any PC versions and couldn't find any that it sold. It's funny because I was talking to uh, my cousin last night, who's a big old school RPG yeah. uh, guy, and he says that whenever he's looking for gold box games and stuff like that, he says the Amiga ones are much more common than the DOS ones, which blew my mind. Because you'd think here in the States, but I guess maybe everybody that's got the DOS versions is holding on to it. I would assume the DOS versions got bought up real quick, mm-hmm. you know? It's funny because when we were at Coco Fest, I saw a huge box of like 20 gold box games and some silver box games. And they were all, I think they were all for either the C64 or DOS. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But yeah, this game, if you're looking to get hold of it, uh, it's going to cost you. I did look just for fun to see what they were going for on the eBay boat. And now there's a couple wacky things here when it comes to the eBay pricing. So I looked this up, and so get this: um, 
I found someone on eBay selling a CD32 version of this. Really? Which I couldn't understand because it was never officially released. I'm assuming this is some kind of hack job. Oh, okay. I also saw someone selling a some kind of weird bootleg version for the Dreamcast. That's weird. That's a weird one. I couldn't find any video for, mm. e- for either one of these. Mm. Okay, so your mileage may vary. Um, the I did see one set of the PC uh, game. It sold for 65 bucks. Uh, there's a sealed copy of this game in Germany right now, three grand. In fact, I saw someone also post that in their Discord. Yeah. So yeah, th- so it it ain't cheap, uh, brother. Uh, I will say, if you're into this game, uh, the interview that I uh, reference a lot, it can be found over at Moonstone Tavern. It's a fan page. If you just Google that, it's been around forever. Now there's there's uh, um, links on the board to talk about and I'd, uh, other versions of this game. And I wanted to mention this but in closing before we get to the user reviews. And apparently, throughout history, people have tried to uh, do something with the IP. They're, you know, I'm talking fans. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I know at some point there has been something, but whatever was there is gone now. So I don't know if, how far people got into that. The guys that made this have talked about how much they would enjoy doing a sequel for this. But, Can you imagine the gore level? Remember when Shadow of the Beast got re-released and yeah. it was just over the top? This would be ultra over the top. I will say, if if they were to do a sequel to this, I wouldn't change that much. I, mean, terms, I like what they've got here. Mm-hmm. I mean, add more monsters, maybe streamline some of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know, add multi-button support. Mm-hmm. Maybe add multi-joystick support would be mm-hmm. fun. Maybe even have it where you could have three or four knights fight at once. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Yeah. But, I mean, really, you've got something pretty solid here gameplay-wise. Did, uh, did we get much action on Discord this week we for did. reviews? Our first review comes in from David Hearn Ryder. He says, I remember playing this for the first time and enjoying some fighting action against a fellow knight. It was pretty, gory, and a whole lot of fun. Moving around the rap- map, I had further fisticuffs and collected some items RPG style. This was all going well. Then, relaxing and looking forward to the next fight as one of my mini discs chugged away, I reached for a snack as my knight appeared on screen. I'd get ready in just a moment. No rush, after all. I dropped my snack cold as the sound of an organ burst forth and a freaking tree-bodied, skull-faced <laughs> monster burst from the ground and reached out to steal my night soul, Evil Dead style. Yeah. This scared the living daylights out of me, and I'd never seen anything like it. I fumbled for the joystick, finally managed to kill this abomination, only to find another rose to take its place. I lost a life in the game and almost for real. <laughs> Moonstone should have been packaged with a spare pair of underwear. <laughs> Nine out of ten. Lord Soup writes, Moonstone, fun alone, fun with your friends. Atmospheric, graphically stunning, well animated, great sounds. Even plays okay on a one button stick. Just a great game. One of my favorite games of its time and I have loads of fond memories of cutting my friends heads off or getting impaled on a lunge. HD Remake, please. Excellent. 9 out of 10. Lobsterminator writes, A lot of good has been said about this game and all it's deserved. I have many good memories of playing this with my friends. To think of some minor gripe, judging by modern standards, the moves and animations in the combat are quite delayed, so you need to learn how to time them. Snappier controls might make the combat more visceral, especially when facing another knight. A classic 9 out of 10. Pajaco, 6502, writes, A hard day's night. Most accurate tagline ever. (laughs) A game so punishing that even Dark Souls fans think this one is a bit much. 
Okay, I made that part up, but it could be true. This is Barbarian cranked up to 11, if, and if you're not cheesing this one by pulling the same head chop move again and again. I have been eviscerated, beheaded, burned, squished, hung, strangled, buried alive, and eaten. If there is a gruesome way to buy the farm, this game will do it. I started surviving for longer the more I played, so I think a few more nights with this and I will be a master. Nice pun there. Great graphics and sound is a bit sparse, but it works well. My only complaints are the time it takes for other nights to move around, having to click through the next day screen, and having to use the keyboard sometimes. You'll need to sink some time into this to get good, but under the harsh exterior, it's a tough game that will make you its B-word. <laughs> and now for the shocker, I actually like this game, 8 out of 10. Mm. And finally, Pixels at Dawn, Monster Moderator writes, While I know this did have a minor release on PC, I will always think of this as an Amiga exclusive. And what an exclusive! This is a very unique feeling game. It has action, it has strategy, it has role-playing, it has some of the most exciting multiplayer combat on the platform. I love the look of Moonstone, and I love the atmosphere. It has the feeling of a game that is packed with secrets just on the edge of discovery. While I think it's a good single-player game, it really comes into its own with one or more human opponents. Multiple players sweeping around the map, each with their own goals and objectives, really gives the feeling of a huge work. The version I had back in the day had a few issues where it could crash in certain situations, but mm. the fact we were still happy to risk hours of gameplay being canceled out says a great deal about how much fun this game is. It is, however, very hard. Each fight has its own tactics to really do well, and you need to master them. And Mr. Red Dragon is quite happy to take you out at a moment's notice. Still, a fantastic game that I go back to time and again, 9 out of 10. You know, a, co a couple of people mentioned uh, the controls... I did want to touch on that before we close the door on this. The, one thing I do like about this game is the sword play. And the reason is, I've got a huge sword, okay, mm. in real life. I haven't seen that. Where yeah, it's a, that? it's in the house. I think it's beside the hot, the hot water heater. Oh, okay. Amazing. That's where you keep your sword. That's in where Virginia. I keep mine. Because I used to work for a guy that made that made and dealt in old weapons. It's a long story. This was story. Master Don, It right? was Master Don. It's amazing your memory for the stupid. So anyway, these swords... It's not like in games. You don't whoop these things around like Zorro. Zorro fought with a freaking foil or mm -hmm. something. Yeah, these a things are rapier. These swords are heavy. They're mm -hmm. big, heavy, like claymore type swords. And so the the stiffness of the controls to me is to emulate the weight of that sword and yeah. whipping it oh, around. Yeah. I and agree so, with you 100%. And so I like that aspect of it. And something else we didn't touch on, and we didn't touch this on the last time, one touch it real quick, is that there, this game has stats, like D&D &D stats, right? And so you can actually up your stats as you get to the game. There's strength, there's endurance, and so uh, which is a nice aspect. So there's that's another role playing element mm -hmm. to make the game more fun. That's something they could probably have done more with, yeah, you know, if they, if they were discing. And by the way, I was just thinking about this while we were listing those reviews. This would have been a perfect game for the A500 Mini. This is if we went back and picked games for that again. Like they dropped the ball on a lot of these games because this is another one that's almost an Amiga exclusive, mm -hmm. and this one 
You could play this today. You could show your friends this today, and they would be stunned today. Yes. And yes. you know what I'm saying? It would be a would have been a perfect game for that one. But overall, what do you think? You still down? 100% down. I think it's a great game, and it's always a lot of fun for us. If you ask any Amiga repair technician what the most problematic component of a motherboard is, they'll undoubtedly mention capacitors. The electrolytic capacitors that ship with the Amiga are 30 years old or older at this point, and each one is a ticking time bomb waiting to explode battery acid all over your motherboard, sometimes damaging it irrevocably. Don't wait. Replace your capacitors now. Full capacitor kits for every Amiga model are available now at RetroRewind.ca. Don't want to attempt the repair yourself? Use their white glove recap service and leave the intricate removal and soldering process to the professionals using industry standard equipment. Use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout and save 10% off your cap kit or service. Remember, make RetroRewind.ca your first stop for all your Commodore computer needs. Amiga News. Yeah, man. All right, Aaron. We kick things off. Listen, it's that time of the month again. The most glorious time of the month. It's a new issue of Amiga Addict magazine. And, man, they have rebounded since that that couple covers ago with uh, Dana Carvey. I know that you hated that. Have they redeemed themselves, well, I don't Aaron? hate it. It's just it was, it was goofy to me. You this, called it the worst cover of all time. I did not. That's not true, Boat. Would you shut up about that? This is dandy. If you're, It's a very Warholian, mm-hmm. you know? Plus, it's got everyone's favorite story to cover here, AGA Games Roundup Boat. Listen, listen, you skipped that one. <laughs> but I'll tell you what you don't skip. I'm going to give you a rundown of what they got. They've got uh, an interview with Ron Nicholson, one of the original Amiga designers. Neat. Uh, there is a new Castlevania game we played on Amigathon, Maria Renard's Revenge. Yeah. There's a review of that. Uh, there's, a, of course, reports about all of the latest uh, Amiga user groups. You got your nag. You got your swag. You got all those ags out there. There's a lot of and there are more every day. There's more every day. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, Paul chats with a guy named Dave Upchurch of the One Amiga, one yeah. of those old mags, you know, from back in the day. So tons and tons of high quality content. Listen, if you are not already subscribed, head over to Amiga Dash Addict right now and sign yourself up. This is, you know, we want to keep print media alive and we want to keep the Amiga alive. You can kill two birds with one stone by purchasing yourself a subscription 12 high quality issues of Amiga Attic Magazine. We love the work they're doing over there. You know, I just see one of these articles here. I want to just touch on you real quick. It's Amiga Bill gives the latest on the Bifrost Heimdall edition of the computer. Did you have, have you seen Bill this thing? No. This is the good one. We got to put this in the news. It's Bill opened this on the, on the stream a couple of weeks ago. It's his, uh, like skinned Amiga that he got in the mail. That sounds nasty. And it's a, it's one of the nuttiest things I've ever seen. It, I mean, it's, and it's for and it comes with its own game. Mm. That's what makes it wacky. Oh, you that know? Is, so that's that, very weird. That's some, that's definitely something I'm going to read. Faux show. Yeah, listen, it's a great mag. Get it now. It's Amiga Attic. Come on, it's Amigos. You know, if you're watching this show, you must be an Amiga Attic. That's right. That's right. Now. If you're watching this show, you're probably also familiar with Doug from Dynamic Computing. I heard of him. He's got a new video, Aaron, and this is all about the Commodore Amiga A10 speakers. Yeah. Okay. Now these speakers, he he comes right out and he's like, these oh, are God. these are rebranded like JBL speakers. Yeah. They're not uh, particularly nice. No. They're not particularly good sounding. 
But gosh darn it, if they don't have the Commodore logo on them. You know what that means? How to refurbish suckers. That's right. Back in the day, Aaron, were you such an Amiga fan that you would have gone out of your way to have some Commodore branded speakers? <laughs> Hell no. I'm not that big a friend now. These little dud speakers, these things are generic as anything. Lab tech speakers. Thank you, Commodore yeah, Chronicles. These look like any set of speakers from the 80s right here or early 90s. Just like little boxy speakers. I've tossed a hundred of these things in my lifetime. Not Commodore ones, but just regular ones. How'd he do it? I get to see this video. Did he yeah, get so it fixed? He opens it up. At first, I thought he was going to give Frank some business, as yeah. he has been known to do in the past. Yeah. But he did a good job. He got out the old soldering iron. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And he went to town on this thing. This doesn't look to be the most difficult soldering project of all time. He takes care of business. He fires them up. They sound... They sound okay, you know. You're when you're watching a video on your phone, you don't know how speakers sound anyway because you're watching through your phone. But Good he point. said they sounded okay. Yeah. So, there and, you go. You know, listen, people people have their thing. You know. Good for you, Doug. That's I didn't catch that video, but I'm glad Doug got his speakers working. Yeah, absolutely. Get some better speakers, Doug. Take these things, put them in a shoebox, <laughs> sell them, give them. To, well, I mean, he's an Amiga maniac. So mm. Maybe you can find another one, boat. Now this next video here, of course, everybody knows one of the one of the the biggest retro YouTubers is this guy Jan Beta. Yeah. Okay. And he's done all kinds of Amiga stuff in the past. But what 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 maybe include this? This is a new video by him, by the way. Yeah. This is a Amiga five hundred power supply repair attempt. Oh man. And I thought about our power supply when we first started the Amigos. Tell us about what we did with the Amiga five hundred, Aaron. Well. What didn't we do with the Amiga 5? The old House 500, we used to call it. Well, we ended up, well, we never really got to work in power spots, so we sort of had to make our own, didn't we? Mm -hmm. We sent to Poland. The, the Poland, people in Poland, they know. Mm -hmm. they, they, know. know they know secrets that most men fear. Mm -hmm. And one of the secrets they knew was how to convert an old AT-style power supply over to your Amiga. Mm -hmm. And so we sent over... And about a month later, this thing showed up, and, and I had some ancient AT. I mean, they were ancient <laughs> AT power spots, complete with a switch, with mm -hmm. a little spring, you know. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, I, I gave all this thing to Boat, and but uh, here's the here's the computer, here's the power supply, here's the Polish converter thing, and then Boat, you did your Boat magic, didn't you? I did, I did. I took a, an old shoebox, yeah, and I used my drill, my power drill. I drilled some holes in that sucker for proper ventilation. Yeah. Stuck it right in there. Yeah, and I will say, when we retired the box, the almost certainly flammable box, <laughs> it worked every day we ever used it without fail, didn't it? We never had any trouble with this thing. It worked continuously. So it's always ready to come back into service. Yeah, yeah. Something tells me... That uh, this fellow did a, probably a more thorough job. Yeah. Than you so did. what Jan is doing is he's actually repairing the power supply rather than writing a ray from Poland. But it, it, listen, this is a long video. It's a half hour long, and this is no easy thing that he's doing. There's, I guess, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with power yeah. supplies. So he, he goes through several different different things that that it could be. And uh, I'm not, to be honest with you, I did not finish this video. So I do what, not know if he, was, if he was, you know, it was, it was, it got to be, you know, there's only so much power supply action I can take. You of all people my, don't need to watch it. You've done this already. Where's your video? I will say Frank just commented a drill for a cardboard box. Listen, I had, yes. to, I had to get the, I, I was, in my mind, I was picturing drilling these pixel perfect holes in there. Yeah. What happened was the drill bit into that cardboard. The whole box started spinning around <laughs> and I just threw the whole thing down. I love. 
Why didn't that surprise me, Bud? Listen, I thought you did a good job well, by you. putting something that could almost certainly explode into something that would make the fire more intense. Well done, Boat. I don't think we did. We ever get a power supply for that thing? I mean, it didn't come no, with one. No. Did it? I mean, the shoebox served us well. We had no choice. Yeah. We had to drill holes in a cardboard box. That's the way we do it around here. Hillbilly power. I mean, those were the, the those are the halcyon days of the Amiga. That's right. That's but we couldn't we... even get an Amiga to play any of the games. We were screwed all the time. And then we fired it up, and all the games were still in power. <laughs> so, jeez. Oh, Here we man. go, Aaron. This is this is a physical gift that we received. Uh, a lot of people may not be aware of. There is a man, a good man, and he's got a website over at phoenix-noir.de. Spelled cool guy style. Spelled cool guy style. This guy is a uh, he, and I, I wish I could tell you his name. Let's look at the the C, the actual yeah, CD ahead. here. This is um, Patrick Nevian. Yeah. Okay. Patrick got in touch with Aaron. I yeah. believe it was through our Facebook page. Yes, correct. A couple weeks ago, and he said, "Listen, man, I want to send you this new collection of piano pieces that I have performed." That are uh, they're all based on the tunes of Chris Hughes back. Hold that up, and I'll put okay. you on mega 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 view. Here, look so at that. this is the this is the uh, Chris Hughes back piano collection volume two, the player's choice. Okay, I like this, that. Yeah, this has got tons of great tunes on. We listened to this last night as we were foolishly trying to uh, apply soundproofing to the roof of the studio. It's still up there it's, for the most of yeah, it. Yes, most of it's still up. Uh, you've got your Epidias on here, Great Guiana Sisters, of course, Turrican, but even some lesser known, some deep Huselbeck cuts like Rock and Roll and The Adventures of Quick and Selva. Yeah. So you can head on over to phoenix-noir.de and pick yourself up one of these. Uh, these are available for you right now. And as always, uh, all of these links are over at Amiga News, the, re- the subreddit, the Amiga News subreddit. Now, what did you think of the album? But now we listened to the whole. I listened to the whole thing twice, and now you, I, you listened to it at least once. Give us your th- as a musical man. What did you think of this? This album? guy is a he is a skilled pianist, and yeah. he he does a good job at translating the different sort of styles of music. Because not everything Huselbeck does is upbeat Turrican style. He's got some more reflective pieces, too. Right. And uh, he does a really good job of translating all that orchestration onto the piano. I will say that a couple, like, I'm a big fan of the theme from Epidia. That's what I talked about with you last night. This is the most laid-back cocktail rendition of, if you can imagine slowing down Epidia to a uh, uh, something you would hear, like, I don't know, at your local library or something. That's what it sounded like to me. I will say this. I couldn't get that out to save my life. Uh, if you get the CD, you've got the little booklet here. Look at that. The man himself. Uh, I found uh, it, it's a the, the music, the actual sound quality is studio perfect. Well, this, this, guy, his, this guy's day job is he does mixing and mastering. Yeah, well, so there you a, go. He's a, he's a professional So producer. you're not getting like, it's not like I record this on my rock band mic. This mm. is a full straight up album. If you like the Hughes... And who doesn't? And you like sort of this laid-back groove that a piano will get you? I recommend it. I really enjoyed it. He also gives a little USB stick with the audio on it. So thanks for sending that over for review. We really enjoyed it. And if you're if you've got the mood for this, this isn't something you're gonna play every day, but if you've got a nice quiet setting or you're reading or something like that. This is this is a good groove. Absolutely, it was great for hanging tiles last night. We did it. We, we used it. We used it quite nicely. It's good tile hanging. That's right. Music. Good tile. All right, Aaron. We've got one game story uh, this week. This is uh, as reported by Indie Retro News. Cyberpunk's two is being released next week. 
on the Amiga, Aaron, next week. Okay. Now, is there a Cyberpunks one? Well, you know, it's uh, apparently so. I guess the original Cyberpunks was a top-down shooter that was uh, one of these core design games. Yeah. That was released in '93. Uh, this game, okay, is uh, it, it? This game is introduces two-player action. Uh, you've got multiple levels. I'm trying to scroll. This is. It looks very similar to like you know some sort of a top-down arcade shooter, sort of Alien Breed s. Have a look at this thing, boat. Uh, it looks really, really good. Look at that opening there. You got your ship, the whole mm -hmm. nine yards. Let's see what the actual gameplay looks like. Let's get into it here. I'm gonna have to skip ahead. It's there your we classic go. Amiga game. Right. Oh, here we go. That looks pretty good. Save Amiga Bill. Oh, yeah. Amiga Bill's totally in this game, too. See him over there? He's being uh, manhandled by the alien. Man. Do you think that would really happen? Yeah. If aliens invaded... Listen, if I was an alien, I'd want to manhandle Amiga Bill. Do you... I, listen, I got no answer for that. But I'm just saying, of all the people to pick on, you're going to go get Bill? He's got hordes of fridges. Go get someone that no one likes and beat the crap out of them. Well, you, you know? want me to come get you? What well, you listen, I would, you would come rescue me if the aliens were smacking me around. I'd be the first in line to rescue you. Yeah, I don't believe you for a second, Boat. This looks fun, Boat. I'm down. Yeah. This looks okay to me. And finally, Aaron, we have a video by the incomparable Dan Wood. Yeah. Tell us about this one. So, Dan, this is something that I was first introduced to by uh, Edvin when he was showing off his uh, uh, ability to have YouTube videos on his Amiga. Mm. Remember we talked yeah. this a while Edvin back? Edvin is really the, the pioneer with this. Well, Dan just, is just kind of following behind. Edvin's the first guy I saw do it. I'm just going to give Edvin credit here. Edvin Helen. Uh, boy, I hated that. If, we're, if you're watching now, you just showed the uh, angry video you know, game there blowing up the Amiga. We've already been canceled, by the way, for showing any yeah. video game. I, well, I hope Dan's in the, in the clear. <laughs> so Dan, what Dan does, he basically takes his juiced up CD32, does the deal where he downloads uh, YouTube videos and then plays them different qualities of the videos on his uh, CD32. Kind of neat. I mean, you know, we talked this before. You're not really... I mean, you are watching YouTube videos, but it's the long-distance runaround. Mm -hmm. You got to download them. You got to convert them. He, Dan says, listen, just go have a cold one, get a beer, whatever, come, go have dinner, then come back. for the, And that's at the lowest. Uh, but he does go through the different uh, types of quality you can get. You can get pretty good quality. He also surfs the web with his CD32, and he does that by with using this gimmick for the same people that did the YouTube thing. And in that, it literally takes a picture of the page <laughs> and sends it to your Amiga. This is wackery on a on a grand scale. Oh yes, oh yes. But I gotta give Dan credit for giving it a shot because it was it was a beyond wacky. Uh, but if you're I, we, we always like Dan stuff. Check him out if you get a chance. You might find this interesting if this is your cup of tea, Boat. Yeah. Now, Aaron, what's been going on over on the old YouTube channel? Well, let's lately? let's. We've got a few releases, but I'll, let me say something right now, everybody. Uh, we have uh, had one heck of a good week on the channel. We appreciate everybody for checking us out. Uh, a lot of our videos get a lot of action, and we uh, thank you very much for checking it out. Tell your friends, right? As right. they say. Uh, so. Uh, this week, Roy, on our main channel, we've just really got one new item. But it's probably why we've had such a good week. One an item. Yeah, but the old stuff's killing it. That's what it is, Boat. Uh, and the item is myself and the Brent, and we're playing a little Phillips VG5000 boat. Everybody likes the VG5000. I'd never heard of the VG5000, but we give it a shot. Play a couple fun games. This thing's a pretty remedial system, uh, Boat, if I'm honest with you. Uh, over on the stream team... We've got uh, a stream by 48K Ram, the Macintosh Madness stream, where he gets in there and he's messing around with his Mac, 
And then we've also got Happy Coding's continuing saga, making the game with Happy Coding. So please, check out both the Amiga stream team and the Amiga Retro Game channels. Uh, like and subscribe. It's good It's good for you. If you are going to be around this coming Friday, first of all, get ready for another Thursday recording of Amigos next week because this Friday, it's all going down over at the India Center yes. on Quarter G. Battleground Wrestling returns. Oh, man. For a card like no other card we've had since we've started working with the team over at BGW. We've been waiting for this one because it's been a long time since we did wrestling, mm-hmm. but we're back. Back at the India Center, myself, the Southern Dandy, John Budokarshaler, Pro Professor Wrestling will be there, Tim Legg, and uh, Jimmy Hart will be there. Tito Santana will be there, mm-hmm. uh, Boat. A lot of really cool uh, big-time stars are going to be coming to town for this show. It should be great. And if you've been watching, if you're a steady watcher, this will be the matchup. Bam! It's going to be Gen Z taking on the Celtic Tiger. That's right. The match we can't we can't wait for, Boat. We can't stop talking about it. Yeah, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh and of course, we'd be remiss, Boat, if we didn't talk about your namesake festival. Holy smokes, it's Boat Fest 2023. It keeps getting more exciting. We talked to a lot of people about Boat Fest this weekend at Coco Fest, and uh, I think we've, we raised a little action up there, Boat. Tell them about Boat Fest. Boat Fest is a annual computer exhibition <laughs> at, in lovely downtown Hurricane, West yeah. Virginia. Join us in a crowd of dozens. Uh, the room above the Copper Pub... Or the, uh, the, the copper room above the Irish pub on Main Street of Hurricane. Boatfest.info. Yeah. Get your tickets now. It's going to be a lot of fun, but It is. Shall we? Let's see, see what's, what's going on yeah, next let's week. let's see what we're playing next week. Survey says, bam. How about a little new stuff, Boat? Yeah. It's Zevious slash Super Zevious We are next celebrating week. episode 400 with a new and exciting arcade port for the Amiga. Zevious. Slash Super Zevious. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You really, that was a weird way to say it, but I'll I'll buy it. (laughs) Listen, tune in next week, episode 400, the big one. Yeah, and we do want to thank all of our patrons, everybody that watches us live, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming, guys. Thank you. We want to thank our moderator, Super Tech Boy, Pixels at Dawn. We will see you all next week, and until then, adios. Thank you.